The Almond Bloom in California's Central Valley is the largest single pollination event on Earth. The numbers are staggering. Over the next several weeks, tens of billions of bees will be pollinating tens of millions of trees, and the stakes are enormous. A week ago, I would have told you there was a little bit of concern just because of the wet weather we were having. But I think uh, now that we're on the other side of it, things are shaping up and looking pretty good. That's John Rodriguez with Mariani Nut Company. We will speak with him as well as Ryan Warren, who manages an almond farm in Yolo County in the Sacramento Valley. That's coming up next. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture and the people that make it all happen. I'm Jim Morris with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. Today, we're speaking with two people central in California's almond industry, which spans 1.6 million acres. It's bloom time, one of the critical times in the growing season. I'm very fortunate to speak remotely with two guys who are very busy right now because it's almond bloom time. John Rodriguez, grower rep with Mariani Nut Company, and Ryan Warren, who manages almonds in and around Yolo County with JJB Farms. So John, I'll start with you. How are things looking so far? I would say during the heavy rain events, we are probably about 30 to 40% bloom. And uh, obviously that does spark concern. And Ryan can speak to that as far as what that does on the farming side. But now that we're on the other side of it, um, the trees are starting to, you know, reach full bloom and the weather conditions for the next seven to 10 days look really good. The wind is low and the bees appear to be working. I mean, the orchards I've driven by the last few days, uh, the bees are out and the, the trees look beautiful. So Ryan, what are you seeing in the orchards and what do you foresee for the next little bit in terms of weather and how well pollination may go? I agree with John. <laughs> few days ago, it was a concern. Where I'm at, I'm fortunate that my trees are slow blooming. This year, it's, it seems like it's not a flash bloom. A flash bloom would be, you know, a couple days, boom, they're bloomed, they're done, move on. This is going to be a prolonged bloom, which is good on bad weather events. That gives uh, the bees more opportunities to have good days. And the bud set looks good. So the amount of flowers that are going to be out there looks good too. So all in all, it should, should be good, but it's Mother Nature that we're dealing with, so we'll see. Every year is an adventure, I imagine. So, Ryan, how often do you check the weather these days? Uh, it's daily. It's, it's, it's uh, maybe four or five times a day because it's been changing quite a bit. Usually they get it fairly close, but the last, last week or so it's been up and down. And then we're also getting to the frost time, too. So we're always checking the weather on how cold it's going to get. You know, we got hit two, two years ago, John. Was that when we got hit with the frost? Yes. Two years ago, we had a deep freeze that did a lot of crop damage, and it was it was statewide. Anytime we drop below freezing, there's concern. Anytime we drop into the mid-20s for a prolonged period of time, there is significant damage. And we, we've seen that uh, two out of the last five years. And then the other couple years out of the last five, we've had some heavy rain events, heavy wind events, and it all kind of you know, came together last year with what I think is considered the worst bloom weather in almond industry history last year. So it has not been favorable. Things have been tough, you know, on, on the farming side with respect to to weather. You know, this year, I think we started out with a lot of rain and people were concerned. Here we go again. 
but like I said, I think it's kind of opened up and uh, we may actually have a decent, you know, weather set here going forward for this bloom. And I think people are optimistic about that. John, I imagine you're very busy. I just like a little bit of background on your job. So you're a grower rep. Mariani started in 1972. It's a terrific family-run operation, one of the largest privately held walnut and almond processors in the world. So what does your job entail as a grower rep? My job is communication. They hired me to manage a group of growers and uh, be able to communicate with them as to where the industry is, where the industry is going, um, what it is we expect from our growers with respect to quality and cultural practices. A lot of the last couple of years especially have been kind of navigating these tough times and why Mary Annie Nut is a good fit during these tough times. We spend um, a lot of our efforts on the marketing side developing long-term relationships. Uh, we focus heavily on the domestic value-added markets and a lot of growers don't know that. So what I spend a lot of time doing is sharing that information with growers, helping them understand where the industry's at, why we do what we do, and how we're going to get through this together, because it has not been ideal for farmers in this state due to the low returns for the crops they're growing. Well, here's for a better 2024 Ryan, bees are critical to this process and they come from many locations. So where do your bees come from that are pollinating the blossoms right now? For my area for JJB, they're coming from local. They're beekeepers from the from the area. We don't really get anything from outside of California for, for my area. We deal with a local, I guess he's a bee manager to an extent. Um, so we hire him. He he gets to be bee guys, brings them in, and he evaluates their hives, and we pay accordingly to his evaluations. So it's basically a third party that we deal with, and he, he's the one that coordinates with the beekeepers and brings them in, places them. So I just oversee what he's bringing in and double-check with him and go out when he's doing his evaluations and make sure we're, we're good and got enough bees because it's, it's the most important thing we got for – almond pollinations, you know, bees, we got to have them. Without them, we're in trouble. Is the weather lining up pretty well? Because bees are very particular as to when they like to work in terms of temperature, wind, etc. It wasn't looking good, but but we're going to have a few good days. And when you have a couple of good days, it's, we, we get crops. The bees are amazing. I don't know how they do it so fast, but you also got to think the pollen's only viable for, such, for a short amount of time too. So they have to work fast. It isn't like something that lasts for a long time. So, you know, they work together to get the job done. And, you know, we get three or four of these good 65 plus days. And and it's you don't want to be in an orchard when it's when it's warm like that because they are they're they're working. They're moving. Tell me about the varieties you grow. We are majority of non-perel, which would be, you know, 50 percent of what we grow. And then you have the pollinators that go with it. I got uh, Carmel, Monterey, have a little bit of Butte and Winters and some Aldrich. So you're just looking for compatibility to get the non. The nons are our number one moneymaker. Is that the key variety of almond in California, the non-perel? I say yes. Yeah, and I think I could speak to that. You know, from the nut company's perspective, we say this on both commodities, walnuts and almonds, buyers buy with their eyes. The kernel attributes of a non-perel, the large size, the smooth skin, the color, the flavor, it is the top almond and farmer's 
do the 50% non-pareil, and then the other varieties are there trying to ensure that they're producing as many non-pareils as they can. You know, the university, nurseries, they're trying to develop the next non-pareil with respect to kernel attributes, flavor, uh, and size. And so it is very desirable, and it is the, the top-selling and highest-priced almond on the market. And John, one question on marketing now that you brought that up, how valuable are the larger kernels? Larger kernels fetch a higher return, but within any given orchard, any given area, you're, you're going to have, you know, Ryan's producing non-pareils. His are going to have an average size that he'll see on his report from his handler, but within that block or um, load or delivery, there's going to be multiple different size almonds. As handlers, we tend to sort those and size them and sell them accordingly. We're looking for larger kernels. Larger kernels are more valuable. However, you know, we are a pooled handler, a grower pool. Growers send us their nuts. We sell them and everyone gets paid the same based on how we sold. And with that in mind, um, we pay the growers the same. You know, there really is no size benefit to the grower other than their larger nuts are bringing up the pool price and the return. But there is definitely a, an increase and a, a value to larger kernels. Ryan, what about the nutrition in your orchards? How important is that? And whether it's a larger kernel size or just making sure you get a great yield without you know, any degradation, what type of priority do you put on proper nutrition in the orchard? It'd be probably number two behind pollination. Once we get that crop set, then we're working on developing and building that crop and also working on next year's crop. As we're fertilizing and putting on our nutrients, we're building the crop we have now and the crop in the future. Come July, we'll usually have our buds set for the next year. So we're doing two things at once. So it's very important. So get our pollination, then we get our nutrients going. And to the kernel size, there's guys that fertilize extensively and still don't have huge kernels, you know? So I don't know where the kernel size comes in. You know, larger crop seems to be a lesser kernel size, a lighter crop, bigger kernels. So a lot of variability in that, in my opinion. But yes, nutrients is a uh, you know, top priority. Nitrogen, potassium, calcium, zinc, those are our tops that we, you know, we're trying to deal with. Now in my area, I deal with boron. I have excessive boron in this area. So, and it affects me in multiple ways. So I'm trying to reduce the boron where in other places people are putting on boron. So I have a different challenge of trying to control a salt and not use it or not put it on and keep the trees from bringing it up, which is very difficult. And you're working, I believe, with our agronomist, Danny Adamo, on a redox technology. How has that been treating you? I'm still in the learning process of it. We've just done a, a small trial with it. I've used the DICAP the last two years. I like to see three to four years of a trial before I want to speak on it. So I'm still still learning. I'm sure hopeful it goes well. We've had great success with almonds in the Central Valley. So after pollination, there are other critical junctures in the almond development. So Ryan, tell me about some of the things that you're keeping an eye on once you get through the bloom period. Well, we get through the bloom period. Again, we get, you know, we'll see what kind of crops it, but you really don't know crop till maybe June because we, you know, there's drops. There's always times when they'll thin themselves out or, or, or different things. So right after bloom, it's nutrient time. We're irrigating and pumping them with nutrients. During our bloom, we're also worried about the weather events, funguses. So we're spraying to 
to keep everything clean. And then we go into the nutrient part, irrigation part. And then we start worrying about diseases again if we have weather events. And then we start working on uh, insect control, um, NOW, navel orange worm, uh, peach twig borer. So we could have a may spray to cover some of that and into our harvest time, hull split, and we hit those. Because it's been tough the last few years. We've had a really high navel orange worm issue. So that's on that's on another priority. That'd be number three, you know, so make sure we keep our keep it clean and get the best production we can get. Wow, you guys have a lot to be concerned about, and I'm so glad we have such expertise in the farming world. We all benefit from that. John, a question for you on markets, generally speaking. Uh, I'm looking at a headline from the USDA from a few months back. Almond, hazelnut, and walnut prices fall to lowest levels in decades. Sorry to see that. What is the general thought that you have as we you know, get into a new season for markets and maybe prices this year? The general thought on that is concern. I mean, when you talk about the lowest prices on record, um, I think it's implied that they are below the cost to produce. So anytime you have farmers working all year, doing everything Ryan's talked about, and then the return they're going to get from the, you know, from the market is going to be less than it costs them to produce that crop that, that raises a red flag. And it really is, you know, reason for concern because it's not sustainable. I've heard from a lot of farmers, oh, that happens in farming. There's always a down cycle. But what we've seen in some of these tree crops over the last five years is that the, the down cycles are taking longer than they ever have. And part of that, I think, was magnified by this post-COVID economy, the global economy, and kind of where things are at. But, you know, those are things out of our control. All we have in front of us is here's what the returns look like. And it's really raised a lot of concern for growers as to how sustainable is this? How much longer can we do this? With that said, I think there are some positives that are happening now. Um, we've seen great shipment reports over the last five months. And with good shipping numbers, we've also seen an increase in price, you know, a very gradual but steady increase in price. And, and those are things we like to see if we can continue to market the crop as well as we have this year. And we need that number to be manageable so that um, it leads to some market strength. Anytime we have a huge carryover from the prior year and then a large crop estimate for the current year, it just leads to a condition, you know, of basically where the market says, hey, there's going to be an oversupply. California is going to have trouble moving this crop and it gives the buyers an upper hand and it drives the price down. So I, I think we've done a good job of getting stuff shipped. We've seen some, you know, price increases over the last few months, and we just hope to build off that going forward and, uh, you know, give the growers some hope that we'll get back to prices that are, are manageable and sustainable and go from there. Ryan, how much hope do you have and how much is perseverance a part of your regular work? You have to have nerves of steel sometimes or most times to be in farming. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, on the grower side, we're, we're looking for ways to minimize costs, maybe not go ex super extensive, really watching my uh, leaf samples. If I, if I can cut back, you know, 25 units of nitrogen, that's money in our pocket. If I can cut back a water irrigation, that's money in our pocket. So everything we could do, if I can avoid a spray, I'm going to avoid a spray. It's a definitely a difficult time. You're going to have ups and downs, so you've got to be able to be ready for that down to 
to fight your way through to get to the other side. And, and hopefully it works, um, you know, with companies like Mariani's and doing the marketing and the Ammon board and, you know, the university, hopefully everybody works together in conjunction and, and builds the market back up where it's sustainable. And I want to leave on a positive note. The bloom is beautiful. Fresno County even has a blossom trail that people can see. And of course, if the public is nearby, they want to be very respectful. Ryan, what are your thoughts when you see the bloom? I know it's a critical time, but it's also filled with beauty. There's even a nice smell of, you know, the the blossom. So how do you view this time of the year just from a non-business perspective? We want it to be pretty. We want it to smell good. Like my grandfather told my dad, my dad told me, if you can go out and you can smell the bloom, there's a good chance you're going to have a good crop, you know, because things are working. You're, you're getting that. So it's, so it goes hand in hand. And I'm good with people wanting to come look in that as long as they're respectful, you know, and, and not driving around and, you know, tearing things up. But look, because it is a beautiful time, you know, here in Yellow County, the Cape Bay Valley has the Ammon Bloom. So, you know, people come up and they can see the bloom and, and uh, go to different restaurants and, and, you know, enjoy the community, enjoy the blooms. It's a good time and people should get out and see it because it's, it's worth seeing. It's like a sunflower field too, right? You, you know, it's, it's the beauty of farming in California and we need it. So we need people to be behind us and be behind growers and farmers and in different companies because it's a big industry in our state. Very well said. John, your, your comments about the beauty that you see out there. It's funny that you bring this up today. I'm actually headed to meet with uh, 30 artists that I need to get out to an almond orchard because they're going to be painting for the next two hours. We have wedding photographers that approach the almond board because they want to, you know, get in the orchards and do wedding shoots. It is really one of the most beautiful things around almond bloom. And we are fortunate here in California to have it. It's amazing. California grows 80% of the world's almonds. They are beautiful. They're also incredibly valuable, worth billions of dollars. A lot is riding on cooperative weather and hopefully a bountiful year ahead. Here's hoping that will happen. And I really appreciate your time today, John and Ryan, and I wish you the best for a great season. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Take care. And that will wrap up our episode. You can go to marianinut.com to find out more about John's business, jjbfamilyfarms.com for Ryan's business, and you can head over to redoxgrows.com for our information, including on all of our products, all of our podcast episodes, and so much more. Thanks for listening.